Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today we are talking about, is spring really the best time to sell? Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it is episode 48, and Matt is back. Welcome back, Matt. Matt, it was a gong show without you. Horror. It was horrible. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say it was horrible, <laughs> but it was pandemonium. Almost, almost just deleted the episode. All right, everybody go back and give that one a second try. <laughs> should, I, should I listen and we'll record like a new episode where I just jump in throughout that episode? Like future Matt yeah, is in, like, in well, actually, Jer doesn't know what he's talking about here. Remember See, we used to do future, future Matt and Jeff and Jer? Yeah. That's, that's when we were bad at this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we're, need, we're we needed a lot this. of... Uh, <laughs> significantly better, not great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what's going on, guys? What have you been up to? Well, Matt's back. Matt's back. Uh, Thanks for having me that's, back. That's the most exciting thing in my... Oh, I got a haircut. You're looking fresh. Thanks. <laughs> it's all these videos and YouTubes. Yeah. I had absolute panic getting out the door this morning. The um, childcare was late. And I'm already running behind, and right as I go to get out my door, the clicker doesn't work. Oh, like your your garage door my remote. Do- yeah, so it, trapped. it wasn't the end of the world, but because um, because I was running late, I didn't want to do the get out, manually open it, take my car out, get back out, close it, come around. I was like, this is going to take too long. So I stole Rachel's clicker. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I have to remember to return it <laughs> because she'll be so pissed so bad. if like she tries to leave one morning and their clicker is just gone from her, uh, what do you ever call it? The does, she, does she know or she, you're just hoping to get away with it? No, I haven't told her. So I'm just going to switch yeah. So it's a big them. secret. So don't tell anyone. <laughs> What's the plan to fix it? Battery. Oh yeah, I think it just ran out of batteries. I don't. I don't think it's broken. Well, that's good. Yeah. So we got a pretty good show for you guys today. Matt's going to go over some news, and then we're going to discuss uh, the seasons of real estate and whether spring really is the best time. And we got a story and a question for you guys. Uh, but before we get into that, why don't we talk news? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Hey, Jeff, have you seen this story that came out from CBC that said interest rates might be falling? Why no, Matt? <laughs> Why don't you tell me about that story Please. that I've never heard of? <laughs> Please tell us more. Oh, you haven't heard about this one? <laughs> so the reason Matt's being funny here is I, I actually saw this piece of news before Matt. So I, I probably because he was away, but I, I mentioned to Matt about this story. Yes, I have seen it. A couple of people have already mentioned it to me since like in the last two days. I definitely saw oh, yeah? I saw the headline. Yeah. yeah, everybody saw the headline. Nobody the, read the, the headline story. The headline is sexy. Nobody read the story. No. Because interest rates aren't going down according to the story. <laughs> <laughs> interest rates aren't going down, but you clicked the link, and that's all we wanted. 
Canadian mortgage rates are falling as bond yields slide lower. This is the headline yeah. on CBC News. So the budget's working. It's already working. <laughs> the budget just announced it. Interest rates are like, houses are getting more affordable. So, so these are projections. These are based on economists and that kind of stuff. They talk to different banks and get different opinions. The general opinion is that with signs that the economy is falling, the bond market is falling. And as we've learned from Stephanie Barrett, the bond market is what's tied to interest rates. So you're saying the headline could have said interest rates may fall in the next few months. Yeah. Or adjust. Yeah, but they do have they have clear facts that the bond market has fallen. And they say historically that means interest rates will go down. And the way the trajectory of the way the bond market has fallen suggests historically a recession. Ooh. So the R word. So that that adds all these pieces together to just say in general we already know that our economy has been declining. This all suggests and projects that people think that will continue to happen. And the only reason why people think that will continue to happen is that they're 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 not being as strong in the bond market, so it's bringing down the bond market. So it's just a general consumer consensus that the economy should decline. Is but, this Canada specific? Yes. Depends what the banks are going to do, too. They could take that and say, yeah, okay, but we're happy with where things are at. They don't necessarily have to. They could be. I mean, the, the article is quite in-depth that it starts to say things like, you know, traditionally the spring market can be a high-volume time of year for real estate transactions. The big banks need to get their share of the business, and they're going to be fighting for that business because we know volume is going to be lower this year than it has in the previous years. Mm-hmm. They're going to be fighting to get that business by reducing their interest rates. Right. So a combination of a number of things could pull down rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all uh, speaking to the, the fixed rate world. The Bank of Canada hasn't made any announcement that rates are going down. So far, all they've done is raised them over the last 18 months. The last one was, uh, I think, no change. Correct. Yeah. But they haven't reduced the rates. Yeah. Steph, last episode, Matt, was speculating a bit that the Bank of Canada probably would lower. Yes. And if you guys want to listen to that episode, that's episode 37. 47, Jeff. What did I say? 37. Oh, I do that with my age sometimes too. I was on on the treadmill last night and I put 28 in and then I got sad. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, Steph was talking about basically that that's kind of a way to try and fend off a recession too. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's why we had low interest rates for the last 10 years. Right. Trying to recover from a recession. Still, Still recovering. Yeah, yeah, just not recovering. I mean, it's ten years, man. Still in the in the process. <laughs> Something's not just, not working. That's just called the world at that point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everything points towards that the the Bank of Canada should should reduce its rates. So everything is pointing to lower interest rates, is what it is. But there's a number of factors here, and we don't want to speak too technically, even though I've thrown around a lot of jargon here. But that's uh, that's what that news story is. And the funny thing is, it's really only coming out from CBC News right now. Right. A number of people have mentioned it to me, and they said, oh, I saw the interest rates might be going down. Uh, but the hot topic news is more what you guys spoke about last episode with the federal government trying to make these announcements to help with housing affordability. Right. That's what seems to be higher on the radar in the news right now. So we'll see if this gains a little more traction as people hope that interest rates go down. But what do we know what happens when interest rates go down? What does it usually do to prices? Demand well, prices increases. tend to go up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. 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 Advocate. Wrong. With that money, wrong. you lost. Wrong. Wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show.
So let's get into it. Is spring really the best time to sell? Now, where does this idea come from? Folklore. Folklore. <laughs> Mythology. Real estate. Folk- Leprechauns. And it's the best time <laughs> no. to sell in the spring. <laughs> it's definitely what seems to be the opinion of people out there. I feel like every evaluation we've done in the past like month or two is people saying, well, spring's always the best anyway, right? So we should wait until then. Yeah, so that's what it comes from like the HGTV website and Home and Garden magazine. Well, and there is some truth to it as far as like number of sales and best prices. Things do tend to like if we look at the history of Vancouver and Greater Vancouver overall, that is there's always a spike in spring. Yes, there's on, always on, a spike the, on in the graph. Spring. That is exactly but, what I'm but saying. But your question is, where does it come from? It doesn't come from the historical spike on the graph. It comes from. So are we talking chicken or egg? Like, yeah, wait, wait, yeah, d- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy. Uh, I had this conversation this morning where someone said to me, "Oh, you know, oh, it's on your podcast today, and and uh, well, the spring is always the best time to sell." And I said, "Well, the," and he said, "Is that for buyers or sellers?" And that was a great question. That is a great question yeah. because I said, "Well, no, it's about sellers. The sellers think that it's about spring, so they've been kind of waiting. We just had a sunny weekend this past weekend, and now everybody's feeling a little more inspired, and things are looking a little better. But the buyers have already been there for a month. Yeah, they're just waiting for inventory, and that's why it spikes." Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I don't know if we've talked about this on the show or not before. I think a lot of buyers set New Year's goals to own a home. Like, Like, if you're setting goals, I think a very common goal for people who buy homes is, this is the year I'm going to do it, or this is the year I'm going to move up. And typically, buyers take two to three months of looking before they're ready to be like, okay, I've seen enough, I'm ready, and... By the springtime, if they haven't found a place, they're they're really ready. <laughs> I think like there's a couple things going on too. Like the weather's nicer, yeah. So psychologically, people are coming out of that funk. So if, even if they've made that plan that that this is this is the year, um, they're excited about that. But just I mean, even I feel like you know I'm more inclined to fix things around the house this time of year. Um, you just feel like you're kind of getting ready to to do things, and and uh, yeah, and everything looks nicer this time of year. Well, and the people who decided their New Year's resolution was to move and that involved selling started to get their act together to prepare their home. Right. And that takes time. Yes. Like just because you're a buyer, yeah, it takes a buyer time to figure themselves out, but it takes a seller time to put that fresh coat of paint on things and clean things up and do all those things. And let's talk about that a little more this episode too of what the final touches should be to get ready to sell in the mm. spring. But they've been doing their work. They just haven't been calling us yet. Yeah. Right. And so like traditionally, and I feel like how long, how long would you say it's been since we've been in traditional, like say three years, like a typical, like a very typical sort of balanced market that follows the inventory swings of, of, uh, I, I think it still follows the seasons, but the, the highs and the lows are getting closer together. If that makes sense. Like Mm. the. This is great radio, but like the giant spikes on the graph, if they started really far apart, it, it's closer and closer and closer. Um, do you guys agree with that? Yes. Yeah, when I first started, there was some very obvious lulls in the summer season. Yes. Those have definitely eroded. Uh, you still get the Christmas time lull, but some of that is even eroded yeah. away where there's there's less of a low there. And then we still get our spikes in the spring, but they don't they don't look as dramatic because mm-hmm. uh, because of that. And we used to get steeper spikes in the fall, but I think because the summer is a little more consistent, we don't get that spike in the fall that makes up for a, a lower summer. Yeah, and look, looking at the stats last year, 
it looked like we were doing the regular thing. Like there was the spring <laughs> spike and then things slowed down in the in the summer. But then we didn't really get that fall spike. It just yeah. kind of stayed. I think and for condos, they don't seem to be as, as affected by the seasonality um, of the ups and downs. But what can happen is if you're, you're pushing into July, August, um, a lot of that inventory is already come and gone you're left with a bit of the scraps and so people aren't quite ready and put it on their house and then usually our advice depending on everyone's situation would be um well, let's wait until after labor day but um, there's just kind of fewer things going on but i think for for detached houses it, it certainly affects it a lot more if people have families and things like that they might not be thinking real estate that makes sense too to me when you say it because a house is affected by the weather like how a house shows much more than a condo yeah. Right, if the weather's crummy outside and you're in a high rise, like yeah, maybe your view's not as nice, yeah. but it's not like you walk in and you can't picture the beautiful yard that your kids will be running around in. Well, all the yard's that, covered in snow. No, you get exactly, all, or it's a yeah. soggy mess. All that, yeah. all that curb appeal. You get to show off totally. your patio spaces, whereas with you know a typical condo, you might have like a six by six patio if you're lucky, and yeah, it's not much you can really do with it. Right. Well, and people always say to me when they uh, the other thing they say to me when they think the spring market is the best time is they say or they sometimes they think summer is the best time because they they feel that families want to move before school yes so that's the other folklore and mythology and that one is categorically wrong okay maybe let's tell them why they're wrong <laughs> moving on uh one let's understand that when you buy a house and you put your offering you're not moving in usually for a couple months after right so if you're making your decision in July, it's too late. It's not happening. You're not moving in before September. So people need to make that decision in usually by June. And the other thing is if you've got kids and families and you're doing the summer vacation thing and you're distracted, it's harder to be focused on buying a home in July and August as well. Yeah, you got to take the kids away. <laughs> and then when you get back, you got to get the kids ready for school. And yeah, it's just So they want that too purchase much. decision decided March, April, May. They're, yeah. they're, they're quite happy to actually move in June. Yes. Sometimes they'll move somewhere else and kind of keep their kids in school or just bail on the last two weeks of school or whatever that is mm-hmm. to make sure that they're moved in in July or August yeah. and sorted for, for school in September. But that's the detached world. And the condos are just very different because without those kids kind of dictating the timing of it, it's more just about their personal lives. Right. Right. Um, but you know what? I, I guess having just opened this with no, that's categorically wrong. <laughs> is I want to answer the real question of this episode is, is the spring the best time to sell? And there is a big scenario where that answer absolutely is no. Okay. And we just said that the spike is there in the spring. Mm-hmm. That's when things spike. So what does that spike represent? It represents sales volume. So there's more moving. Mm-hmm. And it, it represents sales price. So prices are at their highest. So it might be the best time to sell, but is it the best time to sell if you've got to go buy and you've got to buy in the most competitive market for the, the six-month right. window? So if somebody's selling something and the market is... is we're Because sometimes the, the spring can just be a lull in general. Like if there's you know new legislation coming that's curbed things um, and people just aren't pulling the trigger, or if there's a new story saying prices are going to fall, you might not have that same anticipated spring market. But for the people that the spring is best... If you're just selling, you don't have anything else to go in. You have something already to go into, and you're literally just liquidating that property. All things equal, could be a great time. Sure. I, I just don't want people to get this illusion, though. Like when they want to sell their condo, you're going to sell your two-bedroom yeah. condo that's that's one of 100. And then you want to go buy a family starter house, and that's one of 10. I'm just describing the one the situation, which it's a very limited sort of scope of, of the situation where it would be the perfect time. 
Yeah, there's yeah. those people, but I just yeah. want to emphasize the people. We who, can talk about who, the every, who, everyone else. <laughs> who for them, it's not the right time, but they think it is. But when there's so many people trying to buy that house, that's why the prices drive up. Yeah, and this topic is really fun, and I, I totally want to have this conversation. But the the caveat is, the the best time to sell your home is when you're ready. Fine, right? Like, like. <laughs> like there are a lot of factors. This should be one that people consider, but there's a lot more going on than just like we've talked about. The the extremes and the lows are are much less than they they used to be. So, I mean, if it comes from like selling in the summertime when you're ready to go and your home will show amazing or selling in the last week of spring, I think you wait till summer. Now there's certain ones like don't list your home between Christmas and New Year's Eve. <laughs> like there's no you're going to lose a lot of excitement probably the last couple weeks of august you might as well wait into a couple weeks into september um but overall i've totally forgotten my when idea. you're ready when no when? i i feel like i finished that <laughs> and i was going to come back to what you you were talking about oh the condo selling and buying yeah i mean if you're going to time it perfectly the perfect way to sell it is like kind of near the end of spring and then you're buying in the summer when it slows down but you know, I mean, it's that's pretty hard to... It's a, it's a bit of a unicorn, though, trying to yes. time yes. real estate and really, like, luck out. And you won't know until sort of afterwards. But um, And then you, if you throw in the mix of you're looking for a family property, like home detached um, or, or condo or townhouse, um, there's so many factors there and whether that right one was even around. Yeah, that's the big settling? thing. Like it's, it's, it's about inventory. And the reason why the spring does so well is usually because the sellers provide more inventory. Yes. And then the buyers feel confident in the decision they're making. Right. I've seen enough choices. These are the most choices I'm going to see. So I can make a decision based on this. Versus July, they look at stuff and they go, well, I'm just not happy with what I'm seeing. It's funny, though, because on paper, when you say that, that sounds like it should be a good time to buy. There's way more choices. <laughs> but there's also way more buyers. Yeah. So yeah. so the buyers who get who do buy in the spring pay more because they pay for what they want because it was the right one. Right. Mm. And then there is less competition those other times of the year, but there's less competition because the buyers feel less confident that they're seeing the right thing. And and when it's time to move, like you said, Jeff, you do it when it's right for you. And when it's right for you, usually has a lot to do with finding the right home to buy. I think that's the number one stress, especially for not first-time buyers, because first-time buyers can get in whenever they want. Yeah. But somebody, like downsizers, if you've been in a home for 20 years and you're you're going to a condo, I think one of the biggest stress downsizers feel is, I'm going to sell my house, and then I'm going to have three months till my completion date, and I'm not going to find something that I can I can see myself living in. Yeah, or you wait till the right place to buy comes along, and you've picked that one, and you've fallen in love with it, and now you must sell your house. And you inevitably sell for less. <laughs> so those are all the tricky dynamics, lining everything up, making it perfect. But, I mean, we're the professionals. We've seen this. If, if somebody really asked us, when is the best time? I said to you, Jeff, you're going to sell your townhouse, and you're going to buy a house, and I'm going to give you a 16-month window to work with. I have 16 months. Roughly. To get it all done? To decide. You could put it on the market two months from now or a month from now. Yeah. Or you can time it exactly what it is you want to do. Like, when would you do it? If you really had the choice, when would you do it? Would you want to be in the mix in the spring when it's at its most competitive to try to buy that house? Or would you look at it through a different lens and and take a compromise where you know you'll probably sell your townhouse for less money, but something else will work better on the purchase? 
in this scenario, do I have to buy and sell at the same time? Yes. You're buying a same house market. for your family. Yeah. What do you think, Jer? I'm, I'm processing I, Matt's comments. I think, like, I mean, we, we're having these conversations, you know, daily with, with people that are trying to figure out, like, a huge part of what we do is just you know, sales, it's, it's trying to create plans that work and there's no, not necessarily a perfect plan. Um, but there's, there's different levels of risk that you're trying to calculate. And, and one of the questions we, you know, you want to know is, is how rare is that product? Mm-hmm. Um, if what they're looking for is, is, you know, not really super available or, you know, how liquid are they to make that move? If somebody's downsizing and, and can you, if you just wait for that product, can you do that? And can we sell your house? Is it too high end that it's it's a six month process? Um, Jer's bringing up an excellent point because I my last purchase was a very rare product in New West. We're all townhouse owners. We all know how hard it is to find a great townhouse in New West. And I sold and rented, right for a while because town. I knew they existed, and I even knew which complex I want. Like the complex I bought in was the complex I was waiting for one in. Yeah, you had three choices. Yeah, yeah, because I wanted a corner <laughs> unit. <laughs> and, um, but but I don't think I could have done the normal thing where I sold the condo and then had... Well, it didn't. From the time I sold the condo, there wasn't something that came up in two to three months. Yeah, so you decided the time was right there. Yeah. I guess I'll answer my own question because I have sort of... <laughs> Matt already had an answer. Well, yeah. <laughs> well because I, I, I have thought about it. I mean... Right. It, now, this applies to us, and, and of course, you do have to do it when the time is right for you. It's based on when you're ready and when your family circumstances have changed, and a lot of it tends to happen after Christmas, too, because as a family person, I notice my house gets overrun with, like, stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, it's time for a change. But if it was really just the strategy of it, I would probably want to sell... Uh, in October or November and mm-hmm. be buying like November, December. Like in a, in a perfect world, I would love to you go. You like the gamble. I'd love to go and sneak a bit of a deal. Yeah. At, coming up to the end of the year when somebody really wants to sell. And you don't, you don't mind, like you're accepting, okay, I'm going to take a little hit. Like it's not the absolute best time to sell, but I can yep. make that and more back on the buy. I'll make up more on the purchase. This probably matters whether you're upsizing or downsizing too. Because if you give a little haircut on your place and get a big haircut on what you're moving into, that's great. Downsizers, Matt's scenario might not work as well. Because you're probably having a bigger hit on the higher end. Stuff. You'll take a heavier hit on your house probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's something to talk about too is, is moving up and, and timing the markets. You know, whether there's – if an adjustment has just happened, is there a ton of inventory? Um, because now you might – yeah, exactly. We have that conversation with people saying like, okay, so you, we're going to sell your condo. You're going to lose like 10% or so. But houses are sitting right now like 15% down. Right. And there's a ton available. So, yeah, okay, we sense. didn't get you the exact price that your neighbor got at, right at the peak six months ago, but look what we're about to save you on, on this house. So that's, you know, it's an important uh, aspect of, of this. So that kind of brings us to more like this year. We've talked about the seasonality, yeah. the traditional sort of peaks and valleys of spring, but this year might be a little different. We talked about it in the new segment, the economy is down, yeah. consumer confidence is low. What do we think is projecting? How should people plan for this spring? Because really, that's why people are listening. I think if we're making a move this spring, the safer bet is to sell sooner rather than later (laughs) because prices don't look like they're going up. If anything, they're going to go down. And they might have leveled off. I mean, activity feels like it's picking up, but it's way too early to call it yet. 
If the rates change, we could see a bump in activity. If the rates change, if, we could see a if bump. If that actually happens. But I think when we're talking about timing things too, in a falling market, you're better to sell sooner and even take a little longer to buy. As prices continue to fall. Because you're working with the market, right? That that big haircut, little cut haircut is easier to accomplish if you're kind of going with the flow of the market. And right now it looks like the market's still in a, a correction. It seems to have slowed down for sure. Yeah, but the the trajectory is in more of a very slight downward right. move than than up. And even if there is a blip, it'll be temporary. Yeah, but the risk, of course, is that if you sell first and then the market starts to go in an upward trend, the yep. product you want to buy now costs more money, so you're you're further behind. Uh, and when so when the things are really unpredictable like this, I would say the most important thing is once you're ready is to to line up the purchase and the sale just as close together as you can. That's the safest way for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to roll the dice, put them really far apart and just cross your fingers that yeah. the market continues no, I tend to, to correct. <laughs> yeah, so I tend to always land in the world of like the with my clients, the product I'm buying is most important, like when you bought your townhouse, yes. right? So I found the right one. I know what the right one is. Now, how do I make that happen? To be able to buy the right one and sell my current place, your current place is probably a starter home or it's a, a two-bedroom condo or it's a one-bedroom condo, something that's got a lot of competition in the marketplace. Yeah. So what do you have to do? Well, the only way to make those that gap tight <laughs> is to sell your home at a really competitive price, competitive being a little bit low. What I love about that is it's, it's beginning with the end in mind, Right. Like you're not – a lot of people are like, oh, I want to get a good price. I want to do this. I want to do that. At the end of the day, does the price you're getting allow you to accomplish your goal? And I, I think a lot of times people lose sight of – I had a, a home for sale uh, right as the market was falling last year. And they, they ended up not selling because they didn't want to take a loss. Like I, I can't take a loss. But what they would have been buying if they would bought that a couple of years ago, it all would have washed out. Right, like they could do their goal, but they kind of lost sight of the end goal of we're not happy in New West. We need to move back to Vancouver where we were happy, the end, and and got stuck on this little roadblock of oh man, we lost like a hundred grand on this house, right? yeah, which sucks. Like it it totally sucks that you bought a house and and it's worth a hundred grand less. But what you would have bought in Vancouver. It's now two hundred thousand. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. You have to look at it through that relative lens. Yeah. Back to the, like the the type of product you're looking for. Um, you know, if, so, if somebody's like, there's all these different situations, right? And what's what someone's looking for? Like somebody going. Like we have a lot of um, you know, like bungalows in the US. So if somebody was looking to get into that, um, they could be a little bit more picky, maybe about the timing of when they're selling their their attached property. Like if what they're looking for, there is an abundance of. Yeah, it's not uncommon if they're like, I just don't want to be on a busy street, but I'm okay with you know West End or Glenbrook or something. Um, and we know we're going to do work to it, and we're we know maybe the basement might be on the you know on the lower side, but things like that, um, we know they have a little bit more options, right? Yeah, if there's stuff every week that you're like, I could see myself living in that one. You're probably in a pretty good position, but if you only see one that would work for you every like couple of months, <laughs> so I just have to like stop for a second here. Okay, my head is sort of spinning with all of these scenarios. Okay, you're you're we're all absolutely correct in everything we've said. I feel like there's a butt coming. Well, I think we have just absolutely fed the audience with a fire hose worth of information. I, okay, so you, <laughs> it, you, you get, so this is why we need Matt around. Almost like there's it no is. absolute. 
Exactly. <laughs> okay, so how, how are you going to bring us back to focus? What, where, where are we going here, Matt? We can't focus. That is no. the whole point. Okay. Get, whole... get someone involved early on as soon as you even are thinking about it. When you're in the planning phase, like we're, we're at the point now where we're saying, look, we've, we've, we've explained to you something we've said in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. One of these points has resonated with every listener, but it's only one of them. Yeah. And, and the rest is getting a bit blurry and it's confusing. So the important thing is to understand you need somebody on your side who can help you listen to your goal, like you said, Jeff, right? What yeah. is your end goal? And build a plan that works, that that makes you feel financially safe, that makes you feel like you're getting the right product, right? So, this and is, you're not going to be contacting the like people. People contact us a year in advance, like they, our they clients being like, "I think we're getting kind of close to that time. Let's go sit down and have a meeting. It can be a quick meeting, um, and talking about yeah, what's your what's that end goal? And then we tailor things to them that for a plan that yeah, works. So right? this, this is the time to, to to plug our professional. Uh, service that we provide right like you you do need somebody on your side at this point when you're listening right so if you're listening and you're in our territory get in touch with us get in touch with with jeff or or the new west guys and ask for some help or ask to get things started and if you're not in our territory we still have a massive network of really competent agents all across the country across the world now obviously we don't know all of them but we know how to look into them and vet them to know that you're talking to the right person yeah and if you want to reach matt and jer uh you can find them at thenewwestguys.com and if you want to reach me, Jeff, I'm at realestatenewwest.com. I feel like that's enough uh, plugging Shameless ourselves. plugging. I, I, I thought that was pretty good, actually. But, but we got there. Like, we needed yeah. to. It, we, no, it's important. It's what we do. There was, there was, <laughs> right? we, we were throwing out so much stuff. That was like, we've talked about so many scenarios. It just feels we, like an awful, like, setup. But yeah. but really, the reality is, like, there's no the not there's no real best time. There's sort of a best plan for, for that individual or that uh, that family. Um, but it's something that takes, you know, extensive conversations, right? Well, and something I think probably all of us really love about real estate is it's not check the box, right? Yeah. Everybody's, what they're dealing with is different. I, I, I was dealing with a, a seller last night who told me her whole life story and then was like, oh, I feel really bad. I took up all your time. I'm like, well, residential real estate's a personal thing, right? Like, it, everybody's different. You kind of need to know why people are doing and what their plans are in order to figure out how to help them the best. Definitely. So, so yeah, the more information we have, the better we can actually serve them. Yeah. So, so we've, we've explained to people that there's a lot to, to consider when it comes to timing and planning, but let's help them with their actual house and a little bit of prep for the spring market. Okay. So the scenario is they're getting ready. They've decided spring is the time. Yeah. And you're saying, what do they need to do? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that is part of what we invited them to this episode to learn. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm clarifying. <laughs> find, not, out, uh, <laughs> find out where the local thrift shop is. Start, start decluttering. Um, oh, so don't go buy stuff. Don't go buy stuff. <laughs> uh, especially if, yeah, if you're you said, You're saying take things to the thrift shop. Take don't things, go shopping at take the thrift shop. I was confused. Take, <laughs> take things to your Salvation Army or, or what have you. Um, but just getting in the process of getting stuff out because usually people have too much stuff. I mean, that's, but that's, that's every time of year. Right, if people are listening, because like, what's well, the spring? What is what is the? No, spring? I only have too much stuff in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> they do call it spring cleaning. I mean, what else? What else applies to the season? Right. I mean, we talked about how the sun is out. Obviously, it means a lot to people's backyards, but I do think it matters to people in a condo too, because people are going to come in and appreciate whatever view it is you have, or whatever balcony or terrace that you have. Yeah, it's an opportunity to to improve those spaces. What are the essentials? I think, so this is not spring specific, 
I think one of the essentials if you're getting your home ready to sell and it just happens to be the spring is depersonalizing the home. And that can look like photos. That can look like specific – your kind of hobbies and interests kind of pulling that out of I don't, your – I don't subscribe to that. Yeah, well, people <laughs> – people like the, the science essentially says that people want to buy a home that they feel like they could live in. And that the, the goal with depersonalizing is to make them feel like this could be their home, not – Oh, this is who lives there. Yeah, I think that's flawed. Yeah, I think that's flawed. Well, let's get it. Let's get into it. I one hundred percent disagree with you guys. So, so, how many clients have you brought into homes where there's board games on the shelf, and that's a good thing? You can have. Uh, I think little hints are totally okay, but if you have a cluttered home full of board games, or you have a lot of like, I had a home for sale for months that the person was a museum curator and she had museum stuff all over the place. And it was really cool if you were a muse- into museums, but it distracted people. When they were walking in, they're looking that's just, at... That's just too much. Sure, sure, but you're talking clutter. Yeah. You still kept the personal side of it that spoke to that person's personal style. You just did it in a, a scale that was the right amount of stuff. And you said board games, like don't have too many. You can't you can't fill an entire yeah. bookshelf with no. it. But but having those little pieces of flair that allows people to connect with you and say, I, I connect with board games. Yeah, you don't need to sterilize the house. I connect I with, with you being an athlete. I connect with your jersey on the wall. I, I will I will concede to you that little hints of potential connection points that don't alienate are okay. I think um, I one hundred percent subscribe to that. The goal of every home showing should be the person picturing their life in the home. Yeah. I find they they have an easier time picturing themselves when those, those there are those connection points that feels relatable. Yeah, a family lives in this home. This is a family home. Look, it works for a family. I, I don't disagree, but those are very broad. Um, like a family is different than hardcore hockey family like like the more specific you get the less sure it but, hits. But, but the concept of depersonalizing people think they have to take down every single family photo and i say to people um I, I think it helps to have some family photos up because it makes your home look relatable let me just finish so it makes it look relatable but i said understand that everybody who comes in this house is going to look closely at those family photos and try to figure out who you are and maybe if they know you or profile you or something to that effect so they're definitely going to be looking if you leave them up but I think it works when you leave them up. Even if it's a downsizer coming in and there's a family that lives there, they go, oh, look at this sweet family that lived here and really enjoyed this home. Or look, these kids grew up here. Of course, they're gone now and it's just empty nesters now. But again, they had a great situation here. You go to a condo and you say, oh, look, it was a single person who lived here, but now they got engaged and they're moving up to their next house. All of these things feel relatable. That's good mojo. Yeah. So I like it, but uh, but in, in excess, you know, the, the six foot by six foot section of the wall that's covered in 23 framed photos... Too much. The 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 <laughs> wedding day photo from twenty years ago that takes up the whole wall. <laughs> like I, I think the thing is not to distract. Uh, of course, right? But, but I, I just I hate the concept of depersonalizing. I think it's a good thing. And and there are definitely some things that can alienate. Um, you know, if you yeah, if you could have some things that are just too far. Oh so, come on, so. Jeff, the samurai swords. What are you talking Who's about? Who's got samurai swords? Remember when you said that you had most of, most of your clicks on your photos and your videos come from women? Like a yep. higher percentage? Except yep. for the one photo that had samurai swords in it. Right. It had a higher proportion from men. So what I will say about that home, though, is 
that home got a way higher percentage of men looking at it. But it was to the point where it would turn off, like, there's there's two sides to that story. Men were looking at it more, but women were also looking at it less. And usually in a real estate transaction, and I'm going to come off as sexist here, but this is the truth. If you have a couple, the 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 female side of it is usually the higher uh, force as far as who is the deciding factor. Um, we see this in men and women when they when they buy homes. As far as single men and women, way more single women buy homes than single men. Like, if you're going to appeal to one side or the other, your your higher percentage play is appealing to the the feminine side of that equation. That's true. I guess the the point of the example, yeah, was that it drew extra eyeballs. But I think it also drew less. It drew more men, but I believe I. I also believe it drew less women. Okay, so getting your house ready. Uh, so <laughs> that was a distraction. So <laughs> distractions. Speaking of distractions, um, so Matt, what do you think? What do, What are you doing? That's spring. Maybe spring I think you specific. do have to optimize that the sun is coming and having you know some form of color on your balcony or your yard or whatever. I so really agree some, with. So some if you're not area. a gardener, pay someone to do it for you. Go to the if you just have a balcony, just go to the the, the garden store and buy flowers already in bloom. Yeah, <laughs> make, make it easy on yourself. Yeah. But but do those things allow a little bit of enhancement from from the the season? I think windows can kind of get overlooked. Um, sun always kind of makes the windows look. You get that glare, so they can actually look look dirtier. Whereas you can kind of get away with dirtier windows. Not that we ever want people to have you know dirty windows, but so you're um, saying in the winter time, don't clean your windows. Just don't clean your windows. Just leave okay. them. It'll be fine. We'll fix yeah. that in post. Got it. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, like we sell a lot of lofts down on the key, and 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 they're one of the most biggest pains in the butt to uh to clean you but need like the, an extendo arm the sun just like they're just they just frost over almost when the sun's hitting them so what do you do if cleaning the exterior window like if your windows are dirty but it's strata's job campaign your strata council you got to be the squeaky wheel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you gotta know like i'm selling in six weeks and our windows haven't been cleaned in over a year i mean we're due for a window cleaning so you can even get in touch with your council and be like hey guys is that coming up soon? And, and they could say, oh, we we're thinking of putting it off this year to next year. And you could say, hey, guys, why don't you not do that? <laughs> why are you selling? Yeah, just because you're not on council doesn't mean you can't send correspondence. Reminders. Now, they, like they, won't, they won't do everything. You don't have a vote on council, but you can make requests. Yeah. You can try. Yeah, you can do like back to kind of landscaping, too, if you have a house. Um, certain plants take longer to uh like if you have a cedar hedge for example that's overgrown um and you want to tidy that up you can start those things maybe a little bit earlier if you if you knew in advance that that you're doing that um rather than buying new plants but there is there is some uh, efforts that need to be made there take time right, that's my top one jeff did you have a top i told it and, and we had a good <laughs> we had a good uh can you think of a better multiple one? offers but that's not a spring thing that's not a spring thing okay so specifically in the spring, see, you kind of took mine. I, I was going to say flowers. I feel like flowers yeah. are always good, and I don't just mean the garden, like putting flowers in your home, but especially in the spring, it really makes – and you don't need to keep it up for the entire time your listing's there, but for photos, I think I think some fresh color really helps. So, yeah, I, we disagree on the depersonalizing, but I totally agree on getting some color. I can, I can kind of throw in a third piece then. Okay, let's hear what you got. <laughs> I'm ready. He's so, he's so combative. Uh, I would say that on 
because of people are so excited to be outdoors and we are in a very outdoorsy kind of part of the world, people are thinking of their bikes or hiking or whatever it is, is, is don't be afraid to maybe let that be part of the show. So if you have a house and you've got your garage, we talked about this before, make sure your garage is accessible. Yeah. If people go in there, like staging wise, like have the bikes kind of queued up and ready to go. Like, oh, look at this. All I have to do is open the garage door and I hop on a bike and I go. That might be too personal though. <laughs> A, a family that bicycles lives here. Sorry, I'm sorry, Jeff. So I just, I just there to. are words that I'm not going to say on the show for Jay right now. But uh, um, uh, so we're getting to the same place, outdoor stuff. But I think we have different paths of getting there. Like you're you're on the personalization side, we disagree. But I totally agree with sell lifestyle. And in spring, a hundred percent sell the activities that you can do there. And if that means leaving a bike out or doing um, that sort of stuff, 100%. Yeah, I, I think I even totally just the, like the subtle yeah. things in a condo, if you've got a little storage space and somebody opens it up, it's super clean, but they're hanging in your storage spaces like your climbing ropes or your hiking gear, like whatever it is you do, but stage it in a tasteful way that's tied to outdoors because people are in a real outdoorsy mindset right now. Well, and I, I don't think you even need to limit it to what you do. Like if, sure. if you've, you can totally paint a picture of what they could do. But the trick is you can't have your snowboard like locked in there in springtime being like, oh, I have nowhere else to put this stuff. You kind of want to make it seem like an accessible part of today's life, not you're hiding your snowboard for next winter to come around. That's, I guess, the significance to me. Are we talking garage? Or, or, or in your condo, or... right? Both. Yeah. And I mean, in the garage, like it's going to be up in the rafters. What should be sort of out and accessible is what other people would be doing right now. Yeah. You know, the baseball bat's out or the golf clubs are out or whatever it is. And same mm-hmm. in the condos. You notice the golf clubs hanging there, not the snowboard, because there's nowhere else to put it. You want to put the snowboard in the locker downstairs or you want to put it in offsite storage. It's just, just those little things to connect to lifestyle, like you said, Jeff, right? Today's yeah. lifestyle, not yeah. six months from now lifestyle. Uh, outdoor patios can look really nice if you, um, you can put plants out there, but, uh, showing that kind of is, it's a little bit lifestyle too. Mm-hmm. Um, when we see a lot of times patios get neglected, um, that might be something where it might be good to pick up some, some things, um, some furniture. Cause it, it, it if it's a nice sunny day and you're there and like, we've had listings with nice patios and, and in the selling them in the summertime or in the springtime when it's best, um, people go out there and just sit down and you're like, this is nice. Yeah, you want, you want to emphasize whatever you have that's special, right? And if what you have that's special is an awesome deck that you've been waiting to sell in the spring because that's when it looks best, <laughs> yeah, they need Set to... Set it up. I, I remember you guys, and I don't remember where it was. It was in Victoria Hill. You had a listing for sale that had a really killer deck. And this was within the last year, maybe even yep, yeah, in more Ross. recent. Yeah, you're right. And you had an awesome picture of kind of the view of the deck and sitting on the patio, and I think you even had wine glasses. In we the did, picture. yeah. That, to me, is perfect. Like, like that is... I mean, what you should really do is, if you ever go into, like, new developments, they have invested so much money into figuring out how to sell what they're doing. Like, the, the staging in a new development really is picture your life here. And, and that, that's what I love. That, that picture is... of. The patio, looking at the view, is probably my favorite of any listing photo I've seen. Um, not just you guys, in a lot of places, it, it's fantastic. I've seen there, like they, I've seen in like um, a client left New West when we went and looked in, in Langley for a minute. Um, but even in this one where they knew there was a lot of young people, hip people going, they had like 
record record player setup. Yeah, the hipster um, trap. They had an old fa- <laughs> old old fashioned. They yeah. they just they fully subscribed to it. And, yeah, and yeah, people really like that. Well, and and like when I it it worked even though I wasn't shopping that that photo with the the deck and the wine glasses because immediately I'm like. Rach and I would have a really good time sitting out there, <laughs> anyone, getting the anyone, view, yeah. having a. But who cares about anyone? You got me, but, right? Yeah. Like, like, and that's the goal. And right? I think is, the importance to your yeah. point is that if you've got a really nice patio or deck, like you said, yeah. you want to enhance that space, and you've got furniture that was really great when you bought it six years ago, but it's just become tired from it's weathered, yeah. right? And it's not serving its best purpose. That is an area to invest in. Because if you're waiting for spring, like you said, Jer, because this is the best time for the sun and everything, you've got to highlight it with quality, you know, elements. If it's the furniture or whatever, and people being able to sit there and envision themselves in that space is huge. Totally. So that deck that you're talking about, the photo, yeah, had old white plastic, green algaed furniture on it, and all the rest of the stuff, and we had to pull it all back, yeah, because it wasn't showing that space for really what its true potential was. Well, and, and that's a good example, too. Like, I don't always subscribe to staging. I always subscribe to there's more you can do to enhance the look of your home. But hiring a stager and getting somebody to come in and rent you furniture and stuff, I'm not always a fan of. But something like that is the exception that proves the rule. Like, there are times where you, if you've got something really killer, just step it up a notch <laughs> and really show people what you've got. Yeah, yeah. So... Moral of my story on that with spring and outside and the furniture and everything is it's got to be clean and sharp. Yes. Yeah. So get your property ready. Get an agent in touch. Fold them into the process sooner than later, if you know. And be awesome. Rather than waiting for spring. It's story time with Jer. Great story. Compelling and rich. It's not always my story? No, it's not always your story. What if Matt has an awesome story to tell Well, he can tell it to me or write it down and I will (laughs) paraphrase. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. So have you guys heard Mike's crazy second showing story yet? No. No. Is this story time with Mike? This is, yeah, so a friend of the show, Mike Sheldrake, a uh, friend of all of ours and uh, known a fellow realtor. Known in the biz as Michael Sheldrake. Oh, yeah, Michael. Oh, that's true. <laughs> See, I've known him since elementary school, <laughs> he, so he he's Mike to me. He won't listen to this but, anyway. But uh, he, he, he gave me special permission to call him Mike. He doesn't put up with it from other people. <laughs> um, so he, he had a second showing where the, um, you know how a lot of times when you're showing homes and... A first-time buyer, this happens with especially, he's like, oh, I want to come back, but I want to bring my parents. Yeah. So he kind of got that, except I want to come back and I want to bring six of my friends. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) And they show up in this little condo and they all pile in and they just make themselves at home. Like, Mike's walking around trying to do a showing and then he hears the microwave going. Come on. Oh, yeah. He walks into the kitchen and one of them's like making popcorn and then they like all sit down around the table and start discussing the pros and cons while they're all having their lunch and eating. And Mike's like, uh, and they, Holy. now he's been showing this, this woman properties for months and months and months. And all of these six people who have read that the market isn't good <laughs> are like, well, I think you should offer eighty grand below asking price, and like all of this advice. Oh, she oh. bought five realtors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was there a hidden camera? Was it like a? Oh yeah, you'd think was that, he getting, right? Was like, he is he getting, getting punked? 
Yeah. So that's stressful. That's never happened to me. That's a lot. Of I've people. never had. I've had. Oh, dad shows up. Like we talked about that on our inspection episode with David Fairbairn. Yep. Yeah. This is a second showing though. This isn't like we're coming back for measurements where we've already kind of bought the place, but it's not ours yet. They have not written an offer. Yeah. That they, person needs to kind of choose their BFF. <laughs> you get one advisor. Well, I've, I've had many people say, I want to bring a friend. Yep, that no, happens. Not for just sure. not just dad or mom, yeah. but I've got a close friend who I trust, and I just I need a second opinion. I'm on my own here. Yeah, I, I want to bring someone with me. Sure, of course. Yeah, uh, bringing five or six is now, and I do often ask. It's like who are you bringing, right? And and I don't try to find out too much. But if somebody told me they're bringing four or five people, I would warn them. Like that's just too many voices. I want to know if the person who decided to microwave popcorn knew that she was being inappropriate and it was like a power move? I think it was. or Because, like, how do you just go into somebody's house who's taken all this time to set it up and make it nice and be like, I'm just going to eat, eat eat a snack. Like, or, or they're just completely, like, socially awkward and just, like, this no, is what we... No, bringing were. popcorn is a planned power <laughs> yeah, move. They, they had to have the microwave. You're right. Like, I never even thought about that. Before they got there... They had to decide, because I don't just have microwave popcorn on me at all times. They went to the store, they <laughs> no, bought it. This, this reminds me of a conversation I had with my sister. So my sister is looking to buy, my brother is looking to buy. And they're yeah. bo- both married, right? So I'm on a, a, a speakerphone call once with my sister and her husband talking about a place they want to buy, but they're at dinner with my brother and his wife. And there's all four of them. Oh. And I'm getting this whole team play. <laughs> and, and so they're talking about this place that they like. And they're like, well, we're going to go back to the open house to see it for a second time before yeah. we make an offer. And we should like sabotage the open house. And they all start coming up with these ideas, <laughs> right? Of like, well, I'm going to go over here and do this. And then you're going to go to that corner of the house and do this. And I'm going to do this. And I feel like that's what's happening here. We're like, okay, all of us are going to go. And I'm going to look into this. And you're going to look into that. And you're going to look at that. And we're all going to look out for Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and popcorn guy was just the microwave tester, you think? Well, that's very important, right? That, that was just that was the psychological game. Like they're playing games. I think so. But this was at an open. You're talking about like just messing around at an open house. Well, Matt's talking they, about they an were, open. but it's the yeah, fact that you yeah. get into a large group of people talking about. I want to support my friend, my person I'm close to. How can I contribute? I got I got something I can do. What can you do? What can you be, do? Can I'm you do? sure that their intentions were protect my friend. Yeah, like they were coming from a good place. I'm sure of it. But I don't know if like. Maybe they didn't trust, like, the realtor. Like, they're trying to... Well, they don't know the realtor. And they're yeah. just like, I want to look out for my friend. And I, there's some things I know, so I want to come and I want to tell you. You asked you asked me to come yeah. and give you my I, advice. I'd better bring value. Yeah. And popcorn. <laughs> so what, yeah. what can I do in this situation, right? Oh, my gosh. That's... Mike attracts all the crazies, though. He showed me an offer one time that he got, which was subject to, like, psychic approval. Like, they needed to bring... They had all these specific clauses, like... A psychic or shaman or they, they had like six different things that it was allowed to be. But basically it was like, we need to test the mojo of oh, this home. That person needs to pick a religion. <laughs> well, maybe it's just a, a water cooler clause. like they, <laughs> they, Or boilerplate is the word I'm looking for. Like they've just got that. So it covers all religions. You don't want to discriminate. No, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. I, didn't, I haven't seen that in the web forms. Great story. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, so many questions. And Michael. Let's do question of the week. Check out the big brain on Brad. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. 
uh, actually speaking of working with my uh, sister. Is this um, a sister question? Well, it, it applies to their transaction. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that part, but that's okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're in a, uh, a, they've been in the same rental for a while and they, they sign a, a one-year lease every year. They renew their one-year lease, but they knew that Got they it. were going to want to move. Yeah. So they put in a clause for themselves that allows them to give two months notice and at any time they can terminate that lease early. Perfect. So that's great. It gives them an out clause. Pretty easy to work with on almost every purchase you could come across. Even if you have to move in in a month. Under. And they don't have to give any reasons, just, hey, if we give you two months, yep. this contract terminates. Yep, because they're up front. They said, we are looking to buy a place. Right? So Great. It's a great, great agreement. I was like, this is easy to work with. I'm so glad that you have this. Mm-hmm. This is really good. And then we find a house that they like, and it's an estate sale. So I get in touch with the agent, and I said, hey, has the probate been completed for this estate? I'm getting stressed, and I don't even know what happened yet. (laughs) And the answer is no. Okay. Right? So it's like, no. So for listeners, I'm not going to give you the long, long version, but if there's an estate, it has to go through probate registration that allows the estate to effectively be like a closed case. And if it hasn't registered, uh, you can't actually transfer title. It has to wait until the court sort of approved the closure of the estate. Mm-hmm. And that can be two, three, four months, sometimes six months. I asked around the office about something yesterday, and somebody said, we had one that took two years. Be careful. Because somebody, the reason why it that takes... might have been mine. No, it wasn't yours. It was no. somebody else. Well, maybe, but they said... I might have been on the other end the of The secret that family? That might have been mine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, so in so the estate was looking to close the case, and they found out that there was sort of another side of the family that the other the family on the one side didn't know about. So then there was this whole complication with it. So you have no guarantees when the estate can be the probate is closed and registered. Yeah, if everything goes smoothly, it's great. But if somebody shows up and contests the yeah. will, so the yeah. question is, when do you give notice as a tenant? You get an accepted offer, probate might happen in two to three months, but it might be six months, and you have to give two months' notice. The problem is, once probate registers, you're expected to complete and take possession within a couple of weeks. Hmm. Can you write in that the completion date can be changed up to one month or two months after being given notice, uh, like the, the so, buyer so has the right Everything's to, an option. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could propose that. I, is that something you think a seller would go for? Wait through three months for probate, and then you have to wait another one to two months for the funds. Was there competition? In this situation, there is. Yeah, that's tough. Because if you're on your own and you've got a bit of leverage and you're worried about that, I would say something to try mm-hmm. would be to put in some sort of clause like the buyer reserves the right to uh, change the completion date to two months from when probate registers, um, you know, just put something in to protect yourself so that... Save them some rent. Yeah, save you some rent. Yeah, that's that's a hard one. So... I say just don't... If in, that, in that situation... Can you move in with your realtor? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that might happen. <laughs> I, is it a long pro, like completion date to begin with? No, where they're trying to keep it all pretty tight. The, you know, the house is vacant. Yeah. They want to. Be, they want it to be pretty quick. They say it should be pretty quick. You know, they say, "Well, the lawyer said that the probate offices are pretty quick right now. We're looking at two to three months." I would probably try a clause that says, um, "If the probate hasn't completed by this date, the contract will extend or completion date will extend to 
X amount of time. So as they before. say in the pre-sales world, an outside date. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's an interesting idea. Did you have uh, anything? I would just say wait, wait, wait and see. Wait and there's see. too many variables there with the with the seller condition for, for subject to probate, especially in competition. I I'd, I agree with Jerry. I, I yeah. wouldn't give notice. Yet. Like if I couldn't get some sort of clause that protected me, I wouldn't. Just don't give the notice. Don't be stuck homeless, right? Yeah. Take, take the risk of paying an extra month or two of rent yep. versus being yeah, just stuck with a home. I, I mean, if you've been a long-term tenant, maybe talk to your landlord. Uh, like if you've got a good relationship with your landlord, a lot of times, I mean, if he was willing to put in a two-month clause, like, yeah, you can give notice whenever – Probably hasn't found anybody yet. Like, might be okay as oh, long as you're keeping looking them for in anyone. the loop. Yeah, yeah. Or they're not looking for anyone because my sister could be there for another year potentially. Right? Yeah. You know, so they won't look until notice is given. But who knows? So that might be the way it goes. I did hear another option when I was asking around for this. And this is sort of more of an American style because we don't you hear the term escrow much in Canadian real estate. No. But buy it in escrow, which means you pay the funds, you have access to the property, but you're technically not the owner. Right. And that might be another two, three months until probate registers. So there's sort of a window there where you've paid. Mm-hmm. So you've paid for the right to have the home, but you don't get title until probate registers. And maybe explain to our listeners what the advantage is for the buyer in that situation. Huge advantage. If you're not in competition and you can actually you can get that to happen, um, yeah, you can. Well, if you're renting, you can give your notice depending on the timeline. And it depends on when probate was started, if they're behind the eight ball. But. Um, but no, you get to live in the house. Yeah, you know exactly when you're moving in. Certainty. Yeah. That's a good one. That's what we like. That's our show. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We've already mentioned it once, but if you want to get a hold of uh, Matt or Jer, you can find them at thenewwestguys.com. If you want to get a hold of me, Jeff, I'm at realestatenewwest.com. And if you've got any questions or feedback for the show, you can send those to feedback at morealestateshow.com. I think that's it. Sounds good. I've been asked by someone who I did business with once before, so they know me professionally. You did a business. I did a business. Did a business. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whatever, Jeff. Uh, trying to set this up. Okay. So they know me professionally, and they said, I think you'd be a really good fit. We're looking for uh, a new member for our board of directors. Uh, I think you should. we should talk about you sitting on this board of directors, which I've never considered sort of as something to do. And then I went and looked at the organization. It's a nonprofit. Okay. And everybody else on the board of directors has these very specific professional designations, you know, a lawyer in the field that applies to this and an accountant and somebody who has 15 years experience. And this is, um, a nonprofit society that deals with, you know, uh, mental health and then, and, and the housing side of it. So there's a sort of a combination of housing and mental health and some of these things and family services and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, this person's worked in family services or mental health services or whatever for 15 years. And this person's a lawyer and this person's an accountant, which is good for watching the numbers and all this stuff. And then she says, I think you'd be a good fit. And I'm just sort of like, I like the idea of helping with something and being on a board. I've never really considered it. And I wonder where our professional designations land and like, what, what do I, what, what do we bring? What do I bring? I don't know if I'm really helping. I mean, they, they deal with housing. Yeah, but it's rental housing. It's, 
Okay, it's, so it's, they're not purchasing no, houses. No, they're not purchasing. They're finding housing for these mm. people uh, in hard times, right? Did they mention that there was an element that they thought you'd be helpful She, she for, just or? said, I think you would be a good fit. We should talk about this. And I said, okay, mm. I'll talk to you about it. But my, my general perception right now is that I don't know if I can bring in a value. I feel like you must have been very stunned because normally I think that you're really good with follow-up questions. And I, I feel like the natural follow-up question was like, cool, how do you see that? Like, oh, there, I was there, on vacation. There was, ah, <laughs> vacation, Matt. I said, can I talk to you about it next week? God. So you're going to have a conversation. We'll talk about it this coming week, yeah. But I like, think you got to ask them what they're like. Yeah, what how do, you, do they see your role? Yeah, what do you see me, how do you see me fitting What's in? What's the time commitment? What's my superpower <laughs> in this board? <laughs> like, if I'm in this league. Yeah, and, 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 and I, I'm... I'm really proud of the work that we do as professionals. I think through this episode, we've shown that there's a lot that we provide to people in helping guide mm-hmm. them through a really tough time in their lives. Um, but we provide a little bit of, uh, we're, we're flexible. Like we just kind of find solutions sort of out here and out there. And we don't have a specific formula to follow. We hear what it is that you need and we find a path that achieves your, obje- your objectives, but we don't have this specific professional training. Maybe they need a problem solver. I, I feel like there are two things you, Matt Brabens, bring to the t- like you're an expert in, and there's probably lots more, but just from a professional standpoint. So you're an expert at the home buying process and selling, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of, like, from what you're saying, if they're dealing with rental housing, you're not an expert no. in, in rental housing. So, the, I mean, the only other thing I could see is um, you do have a lot of marketing knowledge. So I don't know if there's anything in that skill set that you bring to the table. Also, I don't know who the other people are on the board. They could be mistaken, too. I mean, you have to just ask. They might think you... you. I mean, we deal with Residential Tenancy Act all the time when it, with yep. regards to, to selling properties with tenants and things like that. Um, but <laughs> you, you, can, you can't... They may think that you could actually provide insights for that, and you, you wouldn't probably be the best person for You'll that. You'll right? totally know how to help them deal with the tenants while you're they're selling the properties. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I mean, I want to bring value if I'm sitting on the board and I'm voting on things. And is and it I a just, New West specific thing? No, no. I'm really struggling here because, like, I was thinking, like, okay, well, maybe it's just the fact that you're a part of the community and that you're. Yeah, I think it's know. based in New West, but it serves the lower main. Do you yeah. think they need some some facts checked? That might be it. They just know that you're quite thorough, and, and yeah. do you want to? I mean, really, yeah. it, it sounds so broad, and this is what was sort of stresses me out about it, but I, I feel like a lot of the value we bring is that you bring us a weird situation, mm-hmm. and we have the ability to just go and find ways of navigating it and finding a solution that achieves right. the goals. And that, that is broad. Now, yeah. now, that is incredibly valuable to our clients. We make things smooth when it could go really poorly. But we're specialists. Yeah, and, and you, <laughs> yeah. Like, like these people would have to bring me a situation and be like, hey, okay, these are the three options that we have or the four options that would usually fit the mold, the playbook for how this works. My skill would be like, we'll take a little bit from option one, take a little bit from option three, and then I want to add in a little bit of a fifth option here and merge mm-hmm. it all together. And I think this is a really good way that this might work. I'm getting creative. Mm. I would say you have negotiating skills too, but they've got a lawyer. Yeah, I'm not there to negotiate. On a board of directors, you're simply yeah. you're just voting on strategic direction. Right. Right. You're helping guide this company. They have day-to-day employees who do everything. You just yeah. vote on it to say, yes, invest your time and energy in this area and that area. Are they lobbying you? Like, do they just need an extra vote? They're like, okay, we can really put pressure on Matt <laughs> to, to make the, the call. We, we can buy him with a steak dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's my dilemma. And I don't really know what it is, but I was just – I was I – was Really curious to hear how you thought our professional designations align up with this stuff. Is it something that gets you fired up? 
No, no, I'm a bit conflicted too. That, the, the well, con- if, if, like if it was me personally, if somebody asked me to be on a board and it was so, it was a cause or something like like if the MS Society asked me to be on a board, I'd try to get on, even if I was like, oh man, I don't have any skills for this. I'd mm-hmm. still be like, I want to be a part of this. But, yeah, the, the platform yeah. here is is not something that I am sort of deeply connected to and have ever made an effort to try to right. assist with in society. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels a bit um, disingenuous. Hmm. I don't know. So hmm. I'm 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 flattered to have been asked. Yeah, but I don't really feel like I'm a good fit. If you get an answer of what they're looking for, please gonna, report back. I was going to say maybe next week. Tune in next week. <laughs> yeah, for, I'd, I'd for like to know what they what they're picturing. <laughs> Part two. Yeah. <laughs>